0: The Knowledge Series, a podcast from Thomson Reuters.
1: Hello, my name is Ben Firth. I'm Head of Client Management for highQ and Contract Express at Thomson Reuters. And today I'm speaking with Kate Stanfield, who is the Director of Knowledge at Collis Krill. So it's a great conversation to catch up today with Kate. I actually know her personally, having worked with her in a few different law firms over a few different projects. So it's really nice to catch up with her and listen to her new challenge and understand from her experience how working at a large law firm and now working for a smaller law firm, how those transferable skills are met and the challenges of both how they're different but also similar at the same time. And then we actually had a chance to dig into challenging the billable hour, what that means today in the future as well, but also the technology required to work with enterprise data and what that means for a law firm.
0: The Knowledge Series.
1: As I said, this is a, an interesting uh, one for me. I've I've met many people on this series and, and you're the first person who I actually know in a professional world, which is really, really good. So I have a little bit of an inside track of your of your world, which is really handy for me. But I guess the first thing I'd probably ask is really is, what's it like living on the island?
0: My <laughs> Ben. Yes, we kn- we've certainly known each other for a few years and uh, along the journey. I actually love being on the island. I moved here just over three years ago. Now, after having twenty seven great years in London, i I joined McKenna Co., a smaller company, yeah, and was in that journey all the way through to it becoming CMS Cameron McKenna, Nabarro, Olswang, so getting an award for the longest name possibly. And I had enjoyed London, but I also preferred to live in the countryside. So actually making that leap to going and living on a beautiful island, which is so small that if I travelled as far as I used to drive just to the railway station to start my commute into work, I'd fall off the end of the island. So really small. You cannot go out without meeting somebody that you know. So that has good sides and bad sides. Yeah, it's still full of really interesting people.
1: It is another world out there. I mean, there's it's a it's a splattering of industries that people had no idea existed. There's a huge legal community out there, finance, uh, insurances. It's a hive of activity. So I think, you know, you, you came from one of the biggest law firms in the world. One of them anyway, I would say. And certainly is now. I don't know how much you keep in contact with what they're up to, but they're a big machine. Oh, yeah. Now, going from that to Collis Creel, what was the similarities? Because they're obviously a law firm, but but also what were the differences and why did you? I mean, you had the world at your feet, KM world of 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 CMS and McKenna, and and now over to Collis. So what's the challenge?
0: I have to say, yes, I, I was very comfortable and I had some great experiences, and I was in early enough to be able to sort of like go through all those different changes. I had no intentions of leaving whatsoever, but I did have a four-hour commute every day. Ah. And there's something about a very mature environment. So when I was approached about coming to Collis Krill, it was a case of swap a four-hour commute for living on a beautiful island. The opportunity to step in and shape all over again something that was still very malleable, was still very growing. Um, and it was an opportunity to do some very different things. Um, and with CMS, I'd enjoyed bringing in all sorts of different processes. We'd gone through outsourcing, we'd gone through mergers, Uh, But actually, the same things hit me every time. So a lot of it is about people. We all talk about people, processes, tech, technology, um, but it's all about the people, the expertise they've got, the experience they've got. And there was something really sort of invigorating about starting again and making that difference, bringing in platforms for people to share information, for putting those experts in touch with each other and helping them to become more effective and efficient. And the other thing with the difference between a large law firm and a small one was the bar was getting quite high. We'd made lots of changes at CMS and it's always sort of like, okay, well, what's the next stage? And we were doing great things with Thomson Reuters and all sorts of different things, but at a different sort of level, you know, and that spun off into the loophole side, um, which is really interesting.
1: Now, that's interesting you say that about the challenges there. I think having worked in legal now for quite a while as well, my observation or one of my, if you like, many observations of sitting on the side of the ring, if you like, is that every law firm wants to be different and every law firm defines themselves as different. But actually, when you peel it back and you actually start to look under the hood, a lot of it's the same, isn't it? The mechanics are the same, the principles are the same, and the processes are very same. So do you think... Well, certainly my observation is this, but do you think that the pandemic has has opened the market up and given opportunity for firms now? Or has it made them more laser focused on what they're trying to achieve?
0: I think you could be right. I do think it's been a little bit of a levelling of the playing field. Yeah. So that sort of take away some of the big office advantages. And we're all working remotely and it's how well you can work remotely. And I think, you know, sort of CMS had spent a long time going open plan and making sure that they can work remotely so they had no problem at all. So did Collis Krill, actually, in a much smaller scale, but they were able to just pick up straight away no no matter where they were. And I do think that has been quite levelling. Now it's about bringing in some more of the technology, but it has to be just answering a particular business need. So tech for the sake of tech been been there done that really
1: oh yeah i mean look i've, I've worked on the tech side for for a long time and look the reality is this for me personally there's nothing more infuriating than a client buying into a technology plan and uh never deploying it or never using it and then we can then we have these painful conversations where they say oh it's we don't need it anymore and then we have to unravel that challenge and so i think what we've seen Certainly firms like Collis, actually, which is really interesting for us, is that the pandemic has has sharpened the mind and uh, they're investing in technology now. And investing is a big word here. And they're not just buying technology, they're investing in technology. And so they're getting the best out of it for a specific reason or for an opportunity where they want to take that firm. And I think Collis is at the epicentre of this right now that I would see anyway.
0: Yeah, absolutely. I totally agree. And I think that was one of the biggest differences, so previously, CMS, they'd always understood they had to invest, invest to build, invest in that tech. And it can be a slow burn before that takes off. But Collis had recognized that. That's why they brought me in. So, sort of right. having that then invest in those various different things. And, and so, you know, we've, we've got the joy of we've invested in HiQ because it can make such a difference across such a range of different things, client portals, et cetera. No, we're not using all our licenses yet. But we have to have that potential to be able to then design and make really sort of differentiating moves that help both our internal processes, our clients, and our relationships with our clients. And it's all about collaboration. Everybody's always said, collaborate, collaborate. But actually, the pandemic was the one thing that finally made people realize you don't have to be face-to-face. You can collaborate. And actually, the sort of one of my big sort of I've got three big projects going on. And one of them is that collation of know-how, trying to capture the experience of the whole firm. I've come from a mature collection to a collection that's growing. And developing, and that's ongoing. So we've come a long way. We've got some great stuff. We've got a great platform. So it's all all sort of going onto there, and it's more accessible. Um, but then automation and various different things that perhaps were more difficult to encourage people to use remotely. So well. In a smaller firm, it's so much easier. Well, I just, you know, I just go and talk to so-and-so and and he's in the office next door. Well, A, he might be in court or he might not be available. He might be with a client. B, she might just be too busy or not have the right document. You know, there's all sorts of different things that mean that you might not have that best starting point. So... Very much found that although they understood and really welcomed the concept of sharing that experience and somehow commoditizing that experience, they were also sort of quite reluctant. And that brings me on to the the other big problem that I have in any size of work law firm is fighting against the the business model of the billable hour. Um, And that is so difficult because it's kind of a, yes, we understand we've got to capture our experience. Yes, we know we've got to pull those standard forms out. We can automate it. We can innovate. We can do that. We can share. We can collaborate. Um, But I've got to get my client hours up. And that's always the issue.
1: Yeah. So how do law firms manage this then? They kind of write time off or do they they build back the client for all this work that they're doing on their behalf, but really for lots of other clients at the same time? Or how do they manage this?
0: That's the chimera that I think most people um, search for. So, I mean, I think I've seen a real sea change over the last 10, 15 years, really, in terms of it's not in larger firms, it's not all about billable hours, it's much more about deals and pricing packages and different sort of scenarios. Smaller firms, sometimes the billable hour is still king, but it's all about those different incentives. So incentivizing it and understanding that knowledge is is a really important thing. And at Colorscroll, they've done that. Um, It's still quite a long time to change those habits, change that understanding of where value really is for our clients. But you have to have it in their performance review, in their movement up to partnership, in their performance as a partner in their development with the client. We can't charge the client for capturing our own experience. The client paying us is paying us for our expertise. So there's no way we can tag it onto that. It's part of our product that we have to build into it. And it's a real problem for every size of firm.
1: I can imagine. And and again, it's that scalability challenge where we said at the start that all law firms strive to be different, but the, the principles are always the same. So in terms of promoting you know that sort of innovation efficiency and as a knowledge manager you know that's probably you know one of your defined goals is i'm here to promote and excel and and really drive that efficiency how do you go about it within each practice area do you identify people to work with or do you get them all in a room and beat them up until they're listening to your to your gospel according to kate or or do you go straight to the top and you say hey Guys, listen. We need to. We've we've got to change the way we're doing things. How do you how do you approach that within a firm like you're at today?
0: I recognise all of the above <laughs> and have been known to lock people with small rooms and not let them out until they've agreed. But no, it it really is about understanding that particular business area. So I will always spend that time. I'll do that sort of data audit. I'll quietly go and talk to all the different partners. I will listen to what's happening. I'll listen to the problems. I love looking at enterprise data. So I will delve into things like the finance system and you look at the problem areas. So which of our matters were really profitable? Which ones weren't? And why? You know, were the write-offs? What you know have all that. Then go and talk to the people, then find you you, you build a picture. So practice areas are very different. Corporate banking, document-heavy, much easier, different buttons to press. DR litigation more creative research very different needs but they all have needs so the big thing for me is knowledge management is not something that's done to them it's done some it's something that's done with them and that's one of my refrains and I show a picture of a boat that one of the KM gurus did some time ago that sort of has somebody uh, sitting at one end um, saying, oh, it's not my problem, and at the other end there's a leak in the boat and they're all dreadfully trying to to plug that leak. And it's kind of like, no, it is, it's everybody's problem uh, because everybody has to do things. But it's find your champions, yeah, so um, answering your question in the end. <laughs>
1: So, so finding finding the champions and, 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 and picking their brain as at the same time as showing your cards of this is what we could do and, and these are my ideas and my experience. I think we've touched on this before. We, we've spoken before about encouraging the youth of today to help drive, drive tomorrow. And uh, it's an interesting conundrum, isn't it, that uh, I, I've often found is that it's finding the right blend of people to help drive processes. And I just want to just touch on technology. So technology is, is such a play now with, within knowledge management. Certainly over the years, you've definitely seen this and I've seen this the, and we'll, we'll, we'll go on to definition shortly, but you know that role and responsibility of a KM person has massively changed and it's now merged into not just information but technology, process, and it's really driving forward. And it feels like now is the time where and I, I think I've already said this before on another, on another another podcast is that it's you have to seat at the table. you guys now. Are at that table, and you are so important to the success, maybe of a deal, which is which is great, right? But in terms of technology, you know, and that challenge of driving innovation, how do you look at technology now? What what sort of things do you think about when you're looking at your problem? And you're looking at the tech landscape because technology now is so, it's so freely available. You know, what sort of things go through your mind in that selection process? And I'm not talking about big details here, but just that broad brush, maybe give people who are listening an, an opportunity to think about it. Maybe they're going through that process at the moment. They've got a problem or a challenge and, and they're thinking, hang on, I've got a lot of opportunities in front of me of technology. How do I
0: start? It's so true. I think technology has always been something that, that knowledge management is that facilitator in actually understanding what the business needs and then going away and finding the right thing. And for me, that hasn't changed. So, for example, you know, we've just looked at document automation and very much it was what the business needed and the size of my business. So it's about how suitable that technology is for your environment, for the people involved, for the subjects that you're involved in, so your requirements. So for me, I have quite a sort of a project process and product selection is a big part of that and going through that looking at well what's the business problem always go back to that and I think you don't have to be too sensitive to I might want to bring in something and actually the business when I look at it the business says no actually Kate that's not the important thing what I need is something that does this over here and you have to go okay We'll go and address that first. So it's really understanding that business ma- need. It's um, I often describe myself as being a kiddie in a sweetie shop when it comes to technology. You know, I would love to buy all sorts of different things. One of the biggest platforms I bought in in 2003 globally did everything and it and it gave that contextual vision to the fee earners at their desktop and pulled together all sorts of things, their own vision, their jurisdiction, their topics, their... Com- It was too complex. It was too much. Um, They didn't like it. So I had to sweep it away and put in something that was more simple. And they had to navigate. You have to accept those things. So technology, what to look for. It's really difficult, but test it. Really go through that. So my product selection is quite robust. And Ben, you've been through that, you know.
1: I have actually personal experience of going through your product selection process. So I'm not going to comment.
0: (laughs) (laughs) But anyway, so getting the right product, having a look at what are the key things. So start off, before you even look at the products, you should have in your mind, you should have drawn up what the business needs, particularly, what aspect is it? Is it no code? Is it coding? What resources have you got? Have you got somebody who is a fantastic API person? Have you not got that? What integration do you need? What's the, what's that sort of uh, workflow? So it's that business analyst type function of actually seeing how the business works, what they need. And then you look at the products and it could be that this product A does everything, including making the tea, and it can give you a very complex sort of situation or, or, or a complex solution, but it takes a lot of coding. Yeah. Well, if I haven't got anybody that can code, then I can't use that product. Yeah. So it's it's being realistic and, it, and it's pulling it down to the various different areas of usability, functionality, and also future-proofing.
1: And how far do you look into advance, into the, into the future? So that's a question I think, you know, from a technology side from my world, I'd love to know that is when you're doing these selections and you're looking at your strategy, do law firms now look three years, four years, five years, ten years? Where do they take themselves into the future?
0: For me, you have to be going as far as you can. So, you know, we look at the development of technology. So look at Microsoft everything's gone into the cloud they're pushing towards the cloud and so therefore if you go for something on premise then in a few years time are you going to be able to update it I mean look at how the industry is changing and where they're going you really need to be looking ahead you don't have a crystal ball you can't dictate how things change I remember being asked many years ago showing my age would I ever use the ability to have a camera on my phone and at the time I was going, well, it'd be nice, but I don't know what I'd use it for. Now, I don't know what I'd do without it.
1: Oh, yeah. I remember a long while well, back in about 2006, I think, seven, um, I was working with a firm. We were deploying what was email management for law firms and uh, document management systems and email management and platforms were being deployed. And the theory was that lawyers would file maybe half a dozen emails a day. That was it. That was all that was required. Oh, we don't need much here. Just somewhere to stick the really important emails. Okay, fine. Fast forward today and email is actually, there's probably more email storage in a platform than the actual physical documents now. I think it's the balance has gone the other way, you know, so, and no one predicted that.
0: No, that's, and that's the problem. And you can't possibly predict those. And I wouldn't get too hung up on it either, but you do have to think about future-proofing it. And you have to think about where your roadmap is. So I'm having great fun with Collis-Krill and we're, we're looking at our technology roadmap. We're all working together on that, steered by the business and all the different departments, which is great fun. But my planning in KM is very much around the stepping stones involved in the way, where I want to get to at the end of it, you know, sort of what's my next step
1: can I just uh, pick on that one just very briefly? On You've just said something there. Now, I know that, you know, like we said at the start, every law firm thinks they're different, but they do the same things to an extent. What To what extent do you look over the wall at what other law firms are doing and think, hang on, we need to harness that idea? Or do you just fixate on your business mission of what you uh, your firm is trying to achieve?
0: I think that's a really valuable thing to do. And the knowledge community is a wonderful community and we all sort of work together. So we can change quite a few things if we work together, but you don't step over that competitive line. Looking at peer review, I mean, is a classic knowledge management tool. And just sort of how do you do something better? We should all learn from each other. And very much that change process we touched on earlier, when a lawyer sort of, is a, a different point on the change curve. Some are more eager to change. Some are not so eager to change. I've always done it this way. Kate, just leave me alone.
1: Well, I think really what we, the key thing is, like I was saying, about looking over the wall, and actually, it's really important to come together as a group. Oh, lovely. There's one thing I just wanted to ask, and and it's something that we've done a few of these. I'm asking the same question to everybody because I have this theory. That the definition of what a knowledge manager is or the definition of knowledge management is very different depending on who you are and what you do within that firm. And I've seen and heard now two or three different variants of what your role and responsibilities are. So I guess, Kate, can you define what knowledge management is in your own words?
0: That is the classic one, isn't it? Because, you know, what does knowledge management mean as a term? I think for me, it's it's about the business. It's about the clients. Um, and it's looking at that cycle of work within the business. So knowledge management as such, it should be enabling people to work efficiently, yep. effectively. It's about improving quality. It's about reducing risk, saving time and increasing profitability. And it's all about that business and it's about that whole cycle of work. So I always bring in the cycle of work and say that knowledge management should be getting involved in what we learn, all that experience, all of that people resource that we have in any organisation and what they know right from the start. So if we're pitching for work, we should already have had knowledge management involved to learn what we know about that client, that context, that subject, everything else and utilise it. And I think knowledge management is not just about providing the platforms and the tech to pull together those things, providing the professional support lawyers or knowledge lawyers or whatever you call them to interpret and really understand what that means for the business. Um, It's it's also about helping people to make that change. So it's all about, you know, you can take a horse to water, you can't make it drink. So I could have everything laid out on a desktop for a lawyer before they go and speak to a client. If they don't look at it, use it, interrogate it, if they don't, if they're not prompted by my systems to sort of say, well, oh, actually, I didn't realise they did this. I didn't realise that press articles come in. I didn't realise the legislation's uh, changing in their area. So therefore, they might want to do this it's that complete sort of picture and that change process and people are at the center of it helping people to change.
1: Kate thank you for taking the time out of your hectic day in isolation and uh, and, and and joining me uh, this afternoon really really fascinating I, I could literally talk for the rest of the afternoon around processes and ideas and, you know just things that I think about personally about you know how you're involved with the business and how KM is involved and and probably just to try and get an in inside line, really, about what you're up to in your firm. But, 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 hopefully for the listeners as well, just to learn a little bit more about some of the challenges that you've undertaken. So, Kate, thank you so much for joining us.
0: Absolute pleasure. The Knowledge Series. For more information, go to legalsolutions.thomsonreuters.co.uk.